Good evening and welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. I'm Ian Tiny Morris. And I'm Simon Sandsbury. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to our 150th episode and the start of our third season of the online virtual hustings. So congratulations, Simon. All of those hours of editing have been so worth it, haven't they? Um, definitely. Um, definitely. Just helping the great and the good get the message out there and understand the um, the issues um, in local and national politics affecting Portsmouth. So here we are as we approach our fourth birthday. But we're better places to start than on our first hustings of 2023. Indeed. And we're better to start than um, Charles Dickens. So i quick overview for those of you not familiar with the world so charles dickens ward is based in the heart of the city um, principally around buckland landport and portsea um, it has the largest number of dwellings of any of the wards in portsmouth at just over eleven thousand dwellings in the in the sort of catchment area um, it also has uh, historically seen quite a low turnout it's a ward that has significant amounts of social housing um, and in recent years, there have been a number of luxury, large-scale student developments in the ward, which are potentially starting to change the demographic of the area. There seems there is an awful lot of economic deprivation in the ward, and uh, there's a lot of support provided by the local councillors. Historically, it's been a very safe labour seat for many years now, um, and it's also a ward that hasn't been without its political controversy. Um, if we look back in 2017, um, the potential Labour candidate resigned days before the election. And although elected with Labour next to their name on the ballot paper, they stood as an independent. Um, in 2019, the sitting councillor was deselected um, and replaced with a, another candidate. But Labour won the ward handsomely at that point. And everything could, was running well for Labour up until... The end of last year, where the sitting councillor was again deselected by the Labour Party and um, is now an independent councillor. Um, and uh, Kirsty is another one of the councillors in Charles Dickens, is also now independent. So in a, a unique twist of fate, we have our two guests this evening, um, both of whom have sat in the ward as Labour councillors and are now both here um, standing on a different ticket. Good evening, Cal. Good evening, Yaya. Good evening to you, everyone. Okay. Um, thank you both for um, for agreeing to to come along. Um, yeah, as um, as Ian was saying there, um, a bit a bit of history um, history in the ward, um, and um, there's some um, there's some results that I'm just throwing up on the screen there of um, of um, of recent results. Um, so certainly all, all to play for, and it is, as Ian said, the one of the wards with the lowest um, turnout. And one of the things that may well affect turnout this year is that um, this is the first year um, that you're going to need to use photo ID in order to be able to vote in person. Um, so if you want to vote in person, you'll need some form of photo ID, whether that's a, a driving license or 
um, one of the other forms of photo ID. It doesn't have to be um, in date, by the way, but it, you do need to have some form of photo ID. But if you don't have any, you can actually apply uh, for a form of photo ID um, by April the 25th. So that's free. You apply online. Um, I tested this out a few weeks ago. You get basically you make an application online, send them, um, upload a photo, and I got mine in about five um, in five days. Uh, but also you can register for a postal vote by April the 18th. Um, and of course, postal votes you don't need any form of photo ID. Um, but do remember, leave a post-it note on the back of, your, back of your front door if you're not used to carrying photo ID with you and you're intending to vote in person on May the 4th. Take your ID with you um, so that um, you don't get turned away um, at the polling station. Um, but yeah, so eight, um, for May the 5th, make sure you've got your, poll, your, vote, your photo ID. Register to vote by post by April the 18th and register for free photo ID to be able to vote in person if you don't already have any by April the 25th. And if you're not registered to vote at all in this election, you have until um, until April the 17th to still register. So if you're not on the electoral roll now, there is still time for you to register in order to be able to vote in this election. Thank you. Um, that was um, that was that. And um, shortly before we went on air, we conducted a highly scientific coin toss, which meant that we had a way of deciding which of our um, two candidates um, we're going to go um, was going to go first um, we did just to um, just to be clear and upfront we did reach out to um, other local parties in the area um, and wherever we knew or suspected a name of a candidate we did reach out for other candidates and invite them to come on to take part in the hustings but sadly we didn't receive um, any answer um, so we haven't uh, we um, haven't had any response from um, from either the Conservative candidate or the Labour Party candidate. But thankfully, we did have answers from Cal and Yaya, who are here to represent their respective um, their respective selves. Um, Cal obviously now standing as an independent, and Yaya standing for the Lib Dems. So. Um, we go on to our um, two-minute speeches. So because of that coin toss, that makes uh, Cal our first speech. Um, and um, so let's um, let's get ourselves into um, into the mode for uh, for that. So um, Cal, if you'd like to if you'd like to start your speech, um, that would be lovely. Great, thank you, Simon, um, and thank you, Ian, also for the invite on today. And well done, both of you, for reaching the milestone of 150 episodes of the podcast. I think it's a really important way for people to be engaged with local politics and find out what's going on in their community. Um, so I say, I'm standing as an independent candidate in this election. Um, my background is that I've lived in Portsmouth pretty much my whole life. Um, my background in terms of work before coming into standing for local election was, um, I've worked in various different social housing services, starting off in homelessness services, then working as a benefits advisor for a housing association and going on to work in a number of different roles um, within the social housing sector. I live in the heart of the ward. I live in a council flat in Lamport, right in the middle of our community. I think it's really important that when we choose local representatives, we choose people who understand the issues, understand the area and are able to kind of speak up and try and change things for the better. As I understand it, I'm the only candidate in this election who, who lives in the ward. My focus since being elected um, has been on a number of key issues that I see that are affecting people around here. 
the, the first one, um, in part because my interest and background in housing has been to campaign on housing issues, whether it's helping people to get rehoused, um, looking at repairs and maintenance issues within social housing, supporting people who are homeless, and also campaigning for the council to build new housing. I've also done a lot of work around supporting people who are in work um, and are trying to get into work so that there's decent jobs, pay and conditions for those, working very closely with local trade union branches, um, of which I've previously been an active member as well. Had a number of successes in terms of lots of successful casework out outcomes, supporting people, drawing in new investment into the wards and generally just being a strong advocate and voice for our area. Um, I was elected as a Labour Party councillor back in 2019. Unfortunately, recently, due to internal issues within the Labour Party, I think it's fair to say, um, I'm no longer part of that organisation, but I'm still here as an active member of our community and representative as an independent. And I will be the independent candidate in this election for Charles Dickens Ward voters. I hope that voters will recognise the work that we've done over the years and vote independent in this election, even if perhaps they normally vote differently or if they're planning to vote differently in the general election, I'm hoping that people will look at this local election and choose the candidate who is best placed to work hard for our community and support the people who live there. Um, thank you, Cal. Um, my apologies. I did um, let you overrun, but I didn't give you um, warning that you're about to come to time. So I'll allow um, Yaya the, the, the same amount of time, uh, just to be clear. So my apologies uh, to you both uh, for that. Um, Yaya, um, that was about um, two minutes and 20 seconds. So um, away you go. Yes, um, I can start. Yes, please. Yeah. yeah. First of all, thank you very much uh, for your um, broadcasting team to invite send an invitation to me to attend. My name is um, Yahya Chaudhary. I am living in this city over 25 years. I am professionally as a businessman, different, different sector. Also, I work as a legal advisor legal executive for my business. I was elected uh, 2015 as a councillor. I work very hard for the ward all over the city. I help the every single community to build the infrastructure and give the housing sector as much as possible. One of the house I found in 2016 eight children, eight children with parents living with the one toilet. Then I meet personally with the housing managing director. I said, look, can you do one favor? Said, what is it, children? Like, this is the problem. Next week, he sent, after one week, he sent the builder and he done the next toilet for them. So I done the several work, just I give the one example. When I was a counselor, I done so much. I doesn't tell the people, say, please wait for my one month to come to my surgery for the within the two hour time. No. I said, please send an email, send a text message with your ID. And I can work day and night for the community. However, some reason I it doesn't get the nomination due to some political issue. I went to Kosham. I done the very good campaign. And then I one year, um, I done campaign again from the Lebarel. I joined with the Lebarel. I'm very pleased with them. They are 
very activate I, in the city. They are doing very good work for the city. So I am impressed by their work and I joined with them and I'm hoping I'm continue with them rest of my political life, political career with them. So I think my, against regards to the child Dickens ward, we seconds. needed to improve the infrastructure and we needed to attract the city as a, like a commercial road, day-to-day -day shop are closing. We need to do hard work for the community, especially for the city, especially Charles Dickens Watts is the worst word, what is the need, lot of work in this city, which is outstanding over the 15 years, I think, still need to do lot of work. So I'm Draw your remarks to, the, to a close, please, Yaya. Sorry that we've gone. Uh, we've gone. I'm standing again yep. and to help the every sector community, especially Charles Dickens Ward. I hope everyone can, every single community support me. That's all. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. So if we move now into our questions um, and we will pose these to both candidates, you have one minute for your response and then we will if uh, if you wish to to come back on something the other candidate has said, you will have 30 seconds at the end. So if we just start by uh, as you've been out and about in Charles Dickens on the doorstep, what are the people telling you are the biggest issue in Charles Dickens ward? And can I ask that first to Yaya, please? Thank you very much for your question. There is number issues, the housing issue. Today I went to Ladywood House. What I see, people throwing the leaflet on the floor. They don't want to see the politician. They say two years we are waiting. Some jobs are still outstanding. Nothing can be done. There is antisocial behavior, dumping, rat. Lady come to and say, take the photo of the rat. Take the photo of the rubbish mattress, all these things. So especially is the housing issue and people struggling with the cost of living bill associated with that. And we know that people who are living in Charles Dickens dying in average 10 years earlier than people who live in only four miles away in Brighton. This level of intercity divided is really scary and the let them have been working a number of things close that gap, thanks to pressure from the Labdam Council. NHS England now providing 100,000 more dental treatment in the city. Recently, we be raised the issue of GP under uh, under fundraising, under and under uh, under under staffing at a national level with the visit from Daisy Copper MP, who is the Labour and Labdam MP, health spoken person. I understand she will be raising this issue in Parliament in the future. Thank you. Thank you, Yaya. And Cal, what, what do you hear are the main issues in Charles Dickens? Thanks, Ian. So over the years, I guess, given my background working in housing and my kind of particular interest in the housing crisis and the way it's impacting the local people, I've picked up and I do pick up a lot of housing casework 
um, more or less daily, getting new people contacting me, including I think 11 p.m. last night over Facebook was the most recent one. Um, and, and there's various different aspects of the way in which the housing crisis is impacting on, on local people. The first kind of major one that we do a lot of work around is to try and get um, ensure that repairs and maintenance services of social landlords are up to scratch and people's homes are being maintained to a decent standard. Also get a lot of people contacting us who are overcrowded and need to move for kind of health or medical needs. Um, similarly, lots of homeless individuals and families who need that extra support to try and get rehoused. And just to finish, I guess the, the key solution um, for lots of those issues, in my view, is for the council to build new council housing. And over my time on the council and before, I've always been a strong advocate for new council housing at properly affordable rates and so that people have got decent and safe places to call home. Thank you, Cal. Do either of you want to come back on any of those points? In which case, I will hand you over to Simon. Yes, I like to. Oh, yep. I Go think, um, I think, especially, honest, uh, best of my knowledge, I'm working 30 years in the housing sector in for my housing business real estate business. And also I help the community. There is need to lots of work to do by to housing sector. I saw a lot of vulnerable people in the house struggling. They need support, carpet need to be changed. Windows are dirty, carton are filthy. There is a lot of things need to be done. So we need to be busy, need to be with inspector, need to be busy each single flat, more or less 75% is needed to be maintained. That's all, thank you. Thank you, Yaya. So the, the purpose of the comeback is if there's something your opponent has, I use the word opponent, um, the other person has said, if you wish to challenge or comment on that, if we could just try and keep that focus, that would be grand, please. Simon, over to you for question two. Thank you very much, um, Ian. So, um, so question two, um, Commercial Road used to be the prime destination um, shopping um, area in the city. What would you want to see happen to revive its fortunes? And if I can ask that, um, to ask that question uh, first to Cal, please. Yeah, thanks, Simon. I think everyone that visits Commercial Roads will see that there does need to be a big change. Um, the area has kind of really fallen down over the years and is in need of kind of serious investment and I think different use of space. Something that I'm particularly keen to promote, and in fact I have been working with a number of groups recently to try and do this, is to support community groups, charities, social enterprises to take over vacant spaces, to bring them back into use um, and provide that kind of social benefit for the services that they offer. So recently we supported the repair cafe to take up an empty unit within Cascades. And we're also working with a community group that wants to set up a social enterprise hub within the city centre. So we're kind of supporting them around that. I think there's also a need for more kind of arts and creative space. Um, I'm also working with a number of local artists to look at opportunities there may be for their artwork to be displayed or kind of engaged around the city centre. And then lastly, um, something that a little bit more left fields that we've kind of been feeding in and asked the council to look at over the last couple of years, particularly around the redevelopment of the city centre north, is a city farm. 
Um, so on my kind of travels around the country and in particular in London, they've quite often got city farms in kind of inner city deprived areas. And it provides that kind of access to nature and access to greenery. Um, so that's kind of something a little bit more random, perhaps, but something that we're quite interested to kind of feed into the, the consultation that's happening around the city centre and look if there may be opportunities for something like that to take place. Okay, that's lovely. Thank you very much. Yaya? Yes, thank you. I think um, high street across the UK are suffering, especially post-pandemic, when everyone got issued to buying things online. Regeneration is difficult, it is expensive and time consuming. It is right to say that liberal Democrats got things wrong in the past, but looking forward, we be committed over 10 million this year to help the regenerate the commercial route. And this is massive boost to be in this area, trying to encourage the local community to shopping in within the post making more attractive the shopping center and also make some community um, place and green as much as possible. That's all. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, was there anything at all um, in that that either of you wanted to uh, come back in with your 30 second rebuttal to your um, to your fellow candidates responses okay that's lovely ian so if we look at these elections as a whole the almost certain outcome is that the the council will again be in no overall control so if you're successful how will ensure how will you ensure that you get the best deal for charles dickens and can i ask that first to yaya please Thank you very much for your question again. So the election really simple. There are about third of this seat up for the election this year that won't be changed in hand. And two third that will the means that liberal Democrat will run the council unless the Labour Party decide they want the, uh, want the conservative to run the council. If I elected and elected, I uh, I will be at the heart of the decision making post-mouth um, post as a liberal democrat. And that means it will be able to stand up, represent, build the value of the resident every opportunity that really it is labor independent and conservative councillor can do that. Thank you, Yaya. And so can I pose the same question, please, to Cal? Yeah. Yeah, so if I were to be re-elected, what I would continue to do is provide a, a strong and consistent voice for local people, demanding the resources and the support that our area needs. Um, I think that is something that I've done consistently since being elected, initially as a Labour councillor and more recently as an independent councillor. Um, I think as an independent councillor, one thing that I can add to that mix is to try and foster better cross-party collaboration. Something I found when I was part of the Labour group is that inevitably within the kind of political party system, you, things do get very divisive and quite often perhaps good ideas, perhaps kind of decent policies are opposed 
because it's a different political party that's bringing them forward. I think we need to be much more open as a council, uh, as a group of elected representatives, to working together for the best interests of local people, no matter whose idea it is or whose policy it was to begin with. Um, and I think more recently, I mean, one example of being able to impact change as an independent councillor is that the last full council meeting, myself and Kirsty Miller were successfully able to pass a motion based on an issue that had been brought to us by lots of local residents around the council's use of bailiffs for people who fall into council tax arrears. Um, that's a really important issue that is impacting on lots of local people. And we were able to get cross-party support for that. And hopefully that's going to be taken forward and see policy changed so that people who do fall into debt are better supported in the future. Thank you, Cal. Either of you want to use your 30 seconds? If not, I shall pass to Simon. Simon. Okay, um, that's lovely. Thank you very much. Okay, so um, so the next question, um, there have been many large-scale student uh, developments in the ward. Does this detract from the sense of community or is it just an evolution of it? And that's first to Cal, please. Simon. I think the issue is that in any area, there needs to be a mixed and a balanced community. And I think the development that we've seen brought forward in the city centre over the past decade or so, it hasn't been mixed and it hasn't been balanced because every available square inch that comes forward for development has been put there for student accommodation. And it's not just general student accommodation, more often than not, it's high-end luxury student accommodation where people are being charged 200 pounds plus a week for tiny little rabbit hutches um, so i think we do need more of a mix more of a balance students do contribute a really important amount to the city center and to the city more generally but there needs to be that balance between provision for students and provision for local people and in particular that kind of social and council housing for local people um, what I would say is kind of one benefit, perhaps, that lots of people don't really recognise for the development that does take place in the city centre, is that every time a big block goes up, whether it's students or not, the developers have to contribute towards the local funds called the Community Infrastructure Levy. Um, and in Charles Dickens Ward, we have reasonable, or have had a reasonable amount in that. And that's something as ward councillors, we've been really involved in promoting that funding and engaging with local community groups to distribute it in the best possible way. And what we've done is really kind of prioritise passing on that funding to grassroots community groups so that they can support the people who live in their area. Um, and over the last couple of years, I've been involved in distributing over £200,000 of that funding and to the direct benefit of the community groups that we've worked with. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much. And the same question to Yaya, please. Thank you very much for your question. The government have forced ridiculous housing target on the council, around 17,000 extra home in the city. We, we still challenging the government on this and hope they will reduce the amount. But in the meantime, they be told us to look at building everywhere, even on the green space. We cannot allow that to happen. In terms of the community, Prosmouth has fantastic community spirit. It is welcoming and divides, and people take lots of stuff in their stride. 
I think it is abolition of what modern day community look like. Also, I can make student is our asset, our next future for this country. When student is not there, our city is good. Economics, Kelly clubs, taxi driver, shopper, all these things. We need to do balancing and we need to develop more and more, make attractive child Dickens work, which is heart of the city of Portsmouth. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, and anybody want to make use of their uh, rebuttal on that question? Okay. Ian. So there's general recognition that there is a cost of living crisis at the moment. Practically, what can local councils do to better support residents? And can I ask that first to Yaya, please? First of all, we have to make sure that gas utility bills, especially gas electricity, give the proper maintenance to the housing, make sure people get proper maintenance, especially child Dickens world. And that will be help in this crisis to build up our next generation and help the community as much as possible. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, Cal, cost of living crisis, what, what practically can local councils do better? Thanks, Ian. I mean, I, I think it's worth firstly just signposting people who may be listening that are struggling with the cost of living issues that Portsmouth City Council has set up a cost of living hub online, which is well worth checking out. There's lots of signposting there to the relevant local support and resources. Um, I mean, something that we do as ward councillors is we make ourselves kind of regularly available to, to the community and to local residents to come and talk to us about their issues. And quite often we deal with issues around the cost of living um, and kind of poverty. So we organise weekly coffee mornings and advice surgeries all around different parts of the wards so that we can do what we can to reach out to residents and, and offer that support. One of our primary focus as lo local councillors for Charles Dickens Ward is tackling poverty because we recognise there are serious issues within the community that need to be tackled and we're kind of doing what we can to work hard to support people through that. A number of kind of key campaigns that I've personally been involved in that are trying to address the cost of living and improve people's material living standards. Firstly, the campaign for the councils to become an accredited living wage employer. This is something that I've led and continue to lead um, and push. This would see a pay rise for thousands of local low paid workers, including over 2000 frontline social care workers. We've recently been campaigning for the council to extend free school meal provision, because at the moment, the government's definition of who should get a free school meal is fairly restrictive. It's only those on the very, very, very lowest incomes. We think there are lots of people who are in work that are struggling to get by, who can't afford to provide food for their kids at lunchtime and would benefit from that extension of provision at school. And then lastly, um, as I mentioned recently, uh, dealing with council policies for people who fall into debt, particularly with their council tax arrears, we're finding that lots of people are being mistreated and harassed by bailiffs acting on behalf of the council. So we've been campaigning on this issue, dealing with individual pieces of casework um, and passing a motion through full council to try and change that policy so it's more supportive. 
thank you both. And if neither of you has anything to add, Simon. I'd like to add something. Go, Yaya. This cost of living, so it is impact the lots of people. This council estimated that three to five, three to five family in Postmouth are infected by the cost of living in Postmouth. We been had to make a really though decision. We had to increase the council tax this year, which is very political party supported. But with this, that would also increase the support we give to the peoples. But liberal Democrat put 3.9 million to support the family because we know that needed lots of more support at the moment. We also created cost of living hub so people can be find all help available to them on the place. Thank you. Thank you, Yaya. Kel, would you like to add anything there? No, thank you, Ian. Thank you, Kel. Simon. Thank you very much, Ian. Okay, so, um... So our next question, uh, the council owned port is seeing um, a significant um, increase in cruise line visits. Will this benefit the ward or will pa passengers just be bused through it to more affluent uh, parts of the city? And that first to Yaya, please. Thank you very much for your question. The, the port, this, the port that bring the council around 27 million pound in a year. This help pay for all the great stuff we do, including weekly bin collection, community warding, citywide food waste, adults and children's social care, and much more. It is really smart move to buy the port and is one of the big reasons the city council isn't facing bankruptcy like Labour lead Southampton or Conservative lead Hampshire. That's all. Thank you. Okay, thank you. And Cal? Thanks, Simon. I guess the answer depends, like you say, on, on where people are going and where people are spending their money when they come to Portsmouth. I think there is a danger, like you say, that people just pass through Charles Dickens Ward, go spend their money at kind of big corporate owned businesses, etc in which case we're not really going to see much of that wealth trickle down to the local community and the people that live here. What I would like to see happen is a real focus put on trying to divert as much as possible of that tourism industry into local businesses, into organisations that are very much rooted in the local economy and society here in Portsmouth. Um, I think there's also opportunities there for social enterprises and other not-for-profit organisations to engage with those people that are coming to visit Portsmouth. Um, and find out what it's like. I think within the wards, there are lots of reasons for people to come to Charles Dickens wards and spend their time. So hopefully people won't be traveling through. We've of course got Charles Dickens birthplace as the name of the ward suggests. Um, we've also got the dockyards and all the heritage assets that are associated with that. Um, and also lots of Portsmouth's nighttime economy is focused within Charles Dickens ward um, in Guildhall area, but also we've got lots of kind of other restaurants um, and good local pubs also that people should definitely check out. And um, something that I've done on a number of occasions is to support local people who are running small businesses or social enterprises to try and engage better um, and get support from the council. 
One example I can give was a resident who lives in Lamport that was interested in setting up a business particularly aimed at the tourist trade for people that were visiting the port. And I was able to engage that person with the relevant officers at the council and the port to try and support their idea and take that forward. And then just lastly, I think something that we've got to be mentioned in terms of the port is the air quality issues. Uh, I know we might go on to talk about it a little bit later, but just to mention now, of course, at the moment, these big cruise liners that are coming in uh, more often than not leaving their diesel engines running all day and night, and that's um, causing real issues for the people that live in the vicinity of the port, um, in Charles Dickens Ward, also in Nelson and wider afield, because um, people are having to breathe in those noxious gases. I know there is a move for the council to introduce shore power, which will hopefully allow those cruise liners to plug in and turn off their diesel engines, um, which is something we've very much supported and lobbied for, and the sooner that can happen, the better. Okay, that's, um, that's lovely. Thank you. Um, did anybody want to make use of um, their rebuttal on that question? Yes, um, I think um, it is pollution issue is the all over the world, not only post-mouth. We need to make the bread and butter first for the health education sector. We need money. And if we need to as much as possible green is not affecting our city by the pollution of the port. Thank you. Okay, Cal, did you want to come back on that at all? No, I've covered my points, thanks. Thank you very much. Okay, um, Ian. A perfect, perfect segue into our next question, which is that um, Charles Dickens has one of the, the lowest rate of car ownership of any ward in the city, but some of the worst air quality. What more do you think should be done to improve air quality in Charles Dickens? And can I pose that first to Cal? Right. Thanks, Ian. Uh, as you say, we know that people in Charles Dickens Ward, I think the, the last census data I, I saw talked about 63% of households within the ward not owning a car at all. Um, and lots of people, I mean, we're very centrally located to lots of services, so lots of people don't need to drive, but I think it's also a wealth and an income thing. Lots of people can't afford the cost of running those cars. But yeah, we are subject to some of the worst levels of air pollution and poor air quality in the city. Um, and I think there's a real fairness issue there around kind of the principle of the polluter pays. It should be the polluter consumes that pollution as well, rather than forcing it on to other people who haven't been so directly involved in its production. Um, for me, the big kind of single thing that I would like to promote in terms of car ownership and air quality and all the rest of it is decent public transport. I think Portsmouth, it, it should be absolutely perfect for public transport. It's relatively small, compact. You could have a really good bus network that runs um, at an affordable rate around the city, linking up different parts of the community. At the moment, we just don't have that because we're being failed by the private bus companies who are more interested in profiteering than providing a decent, affordable service to local people. For me, the obvious answer would be to set up a municipal bus company owned by the council and able to provide that local service. Unfortunately, at the moment, uh, with the Tories in government, they've actually made it illegal for councils to set up municipal bus companies. Um, but hopefully there will be a change of government in the not too distant future. And from what I've seen of Labour's policy offer around public transport, they are talking about allowing municipal bus companies. So as soon as that is allowed, it's something I'd really advocate for Port City Council to look at very closely. 
And the other obvious thing to mention is the clean air zone that's been implemented around much of Charles Dickens' wards. Um, I think that is going to hopefully help improve things. But I was disappointed when the Lib Dems took out Kingston and Fratton Road from that clean air zone. I think most people in the city will be aware that that is one of the most polluted and um, corridors where there's quite often lots of traffic backed up with people leaving their engines running. I still don't quite understand the logic for taking it out of the clean air zone. Um, and at the time, that was something I tried to challenge as an opposition councillor by calling in that decision and having it reviewed um, through the scrutiny management process. Uh, and just lastly, I think the, the other thing to mention is active travel. I think the more we can do to encourage people to, to not have to use cars if they are able to walk, bike, um, other forms of active travel. But of course, there are costs and issues that go along with that. Um, so not everyone can afford a, a nice new bike or a bike for all the family. Um, so there's issues around ensuring that active travel is accessible to everyone. And also a key issue that I've come up um, against a number of times within the ward is around storage. So lots of people want to use active travel, whether it's a bike or some other kind of mode of transport, but people typically in our wards live in flats and they don't have a lot of storage. Um, so they don't have places that they can put their bikes and that they'd be safe. Um, one of the things I'm doing with a number of residents in different blocks around the ward at the moment is to ask the council to install bike lockers or kind of bike sheds within the grounds of their blocks so people haven't got to be dragging um, things up and down stairs and they've got somewhere safe and secure to, uh, to store them and hopefully that will promote and encourage more usage as time goes on. Right, Cal, you've rather pushed the boundaries of your one minute there a little bit, but um, so Yaya, feel free to uh, expand your answer a little bit. Um, what do you think should be done about pollution in Charles Dickens? Thank you very much for your question again. If uh, we see that this Charles Dickens is the heart of the city, council majority of the development, income coming from the child Dickens wards, like a, all the big building in the child Dickens. Lots of peoples are living in the child Dickens ward. We need, we need, um, we think introducing more green space will help and need more development. And that's why, as a part of the commercial road development, we too be building a brand new park. But there is also things we can do, like making it safer to use their bike in the city. And we be committed nearly three hundred thousand pounds in this year budget to encourage that to redevelop. Thank you. Thank you, Yaya. In which case, allow me to pass you on to Simon. Okay, thank you very much. Um, just wanted to check, was there any use of rebuttals on that one at all? Um, Callie, you all right? Yeah, nothing for me. Thanks, Simon. Okay, that's that. That's fine. Thank you. Okay, so um, we're going to move on to the to the next question. Um, so the ward experiences significant amounts of antisocial behaviour. Uh, do you see the solution as enforcement or education? Um, and if I can ask that first to Yaya, please. 
Thank you very much for your question. We need to balance up because uh, we need to educate the peoples and we also need to be put enforcements. But in, we, first of all, we have to be um, displayed awareness, make sure people understand, make sure who are doing this, we need to talk with them, encourage them not to do that. In, it, is a, it is a bit both. We have to be the on crime, but on this cause of crime too. We needed to invest more into, your, into our youth centers and provide young people more opportunity to do these things. I was shocked, it seemed at the last budget meeting the Labour Party wanted to delay 270,000 pounds. That was supposed to go towards the project to keep young people active and out of troubles. Thanks to the Liberal Democrat and Kalkokwari, we keep that money in the budget and it is will go ahead. Thank you very much. And also, we also know that people committed crime because they are desperate, they are de depressed, disappeared to eat, to pay their bills, and generally just survive. That 3.8 million pounds the liberal communicated are spending helping the family with the cost of living will take some of the some of the pressure way, but there is still much more work to be done. And I look forward to working with the community to sort that out. Thank you. Thank you very much, um, Yaya. Um, uh, and um, Cal, if, um, if I can uh, pose the same question to yourself, please. Thanks, Simon. So unfortunately, antisocial behaviour is, is a common complaint that we hear from local residents um, and we actually spend a lot of time kind of working with residents where issues do arise to try and address them and resolve them so that people can enjoy kind of peace and quiet and safety in their own home, something that everyone is should be entitled to. I, th I think the answer is enforcement, education, yeah, definitely. But I think we also need to talk about support. The support services that were there a decade or so ago, but lots of them now have just gone. So there's lots of vulnerable people, lots of needy people, whether it's young people or older people, perhaps with social issues. Um, those support services that used to be there to try and enable people to improve their lives and perhaps not engage in kind of behaviours um, or lifestyles that are harmful. Um, a lot of that has just been cut away over the course of austerity. We need to recognise that and also always kind of promote the um, inclusion of those services when we're talking about budgets and funding. And so in terms of the work that we do locally, where issues do arise, we're always very responsive to those. Um, and something that we spend a lot of time doing is trying to pull different agencies together, because something that people tell us a lot of the time is that they don't feel that the council often is kind of speaking to um, different parts of the council often or the police and vice versa. And th there's various different agencies that need to be involved in addressing antisocial behaviour, usually the landlord, whether it's a housing association or the Port of City Council local housing office, 
the antisocial behaviour team, quite often there may be social services involvement, the police, the community wardens. So what we've done on a number of occasions where there have been particularly severe instances of antisocial behaviour around the ward, it has organised meetings and invite all those different stakeholders along, as well as local residents. So we're getting everyone around the table to discuss what those issues are and how they need to be dealt with. Um, one key issue that always comes out of those meetings is the importance of reporting. So I'd really encourage anyone who is experiencing antisocial behaviour to keep reporting it through to the council um, and also the police, if it's a police matter. It's really important. I know that people do find it frustrating when they don't perhaps get a response or they don't get an immediate outcome to reports, but it's really important that that information is reported through so that there is an, an evidence basis for the relevant authority to take it up and deal with. Okay, um, thank you, Cal. Um, okay, so um, was there any um, rebuttals needed on that one at all? We're both happy with that. Lovely, Ian. Well, this leads us on to our final question before closing addresses. So the question is quite a simple one, which is that if you were successful um, at the end of your term, looking back, what would you hope would be different in Charles Dickens? And if I can ask that first to Cal, please. Well, I am now coming to the end of my first term. Um, so looking forward perhaps to hopefully a second term. What I'd like to see is, is more investment in our area. Uh, we've always been strong advocates for Charles Dickens wards and the people who live here. Um, in every council meeting we, we walk into, whether it be full council or committees or the kind of various informal meetings that we regularly have with council officers and local services, people always, I think, recognise and perhaps sometimes are a bit frustrated that we're there advocating for the needs of our residents and the needs of our community for more investment um, in services and the people who live here. I'd also like to think that there's better living conditions as a result of the work that we've done around the ward. So we've campaigned and been successful for significant amounts of investment in the council housing blocks in various areas and also investment in people's homes so that where people are experiencing issues with their property, it's dealt with and the proper repairs and maintenance um, are provided. I'd also like to think that has hopefully improved jobs. So we work, as I said earlier, very closely with local trade unions and employers to drive up pay and decent terms and conditions so that when people go to work, they're earning enough to pay the bills, they're not experiencing in-work poverty, and they get fairly treated at work and are not kind of scared or, or being bullied or harassed in the workplace. And then finally, um, I'd like to think that local people feel that they've been listened to and supported. We spend a lot of time engaging with residents, listening to their concerns, understanding what the issues are, and then doing everything that we possibly can to support them to address those issues. Thank you, Cal. And so, Yaya, if you're successful, what would you like to look back on and have achieved in your time in office? Number one, I like to first of all to stop antisocial behavior. People can sleep peacefully. I like to see as much as possible support get by vulnerable people, disabled peoples, mentally suffering, depression, all these kind of people in child Dickens world to make sure are improved as much as possible. Also, I want to 
be generate fair place for people to live. I want less people to be worrying about the cost of living and more people to be thriving. I want to see an area that continue to look out for the each other, each our community do so well. I want more people in affordable housing, more people in education, and more people in long-term employment. I want very, I want every pensioner to not have to worry about their cost of heating, every young person to aspire and have a goals, and every family to feel like they don't have to add up the price of food as they go around as that to make sure they have enough to pay at the checkout. I am really ambition of our area. Thank you. Thank you, Yaya. And so if there are no other comments, then thank you both for answering the questions. I will pass to Simon now for closing remarks. Okay, so um, thank you both for those questions. Um, so um, now, um, following the order that we that we had um, earlier on for the opening speeches, uh, we now come to our one minute closing speeches. Um, so uh, Cal, it's um, your um, yours is first, um, and um, when you're ready. It's been the privilege of my life to represent the community that I live in and try and support the local people and improve our area for the benefit of everyone that lives there. I'm really proud of the track record that we've got of delivering action for local people when issues are brought to us and also providing a strong voice for the people that live here so that those voices are heard when decisions are made and that our area gets the support and the resources that it needs. I've been really, really encouraged by the response we've got from local residents over the past weeks and months. Um, lots of people are quite angry and frustrated with the way in which we've been treated as their local councillor. People feel that they're being denied the choice that they made of who they want to represent them. And people have been really supportive and encouraging about me standing anyway, even though I'm not now with a political party, but to stand as an independent candidate to get re-elected to continue doing the important local work um, that we've been engaging with in the past couple of years. If there's one ask I was asked people who live in our area to, to think about is however you might vote in normal elections or however you're planning to vote in the next general election when obviously the focus will be national issues and national political parties in this election please do consider thinking about who is going to be the best candidate the person that's best placed to understand the local issues and be a strong voice for all of us that live there okay that's great um thank you very much yaya Thank you for uh, giving the chance to uh, talk about the last speech. If I elected, I make sure people of Postmouth understand that Charles Dickens' ward is the heart of the city, I am saying again. And this, this ward is very, very important for our city we need to redevelop, we need to work on that as much as possible. Whatever I believe I have expertise of the housing and managing and development 
if I got a chance win the election. If it's not, still I'm continue working for the child Dickens and post for every single community. And I hope the local community, post community support me and I, we can pray for them as far our belief. That's all, thank you. So thank you to both of our candidates um, for giving really candid and insightful answers there. And uh, we're hoping over the next weeks in the run up to May the 4th that we can bring you a number of other wards. So uh, please, if you are on social media, invite your local um, candidates to step forward um, as we'll be more than happy to host them. So with thanks to both Yaya and Cal, you've been listening to the Pompey Politics Podcast. I've been Ian Tiny Morris. And our guests have been... And Yaya Chowdhury. Okay. Um, thank you. And I've been I've been Simon Sansbury. So uh, do join us for our next episode next week. We're just in the process of lining up which ward that be uh, that will be. Um, it's looking like that might well be um, St Jude. But do remember, please, um, that if you are intending to vote in person in May's um, local elections, you will need to take some form of photo ID with you. Um, if you don't have any, you can register for some by April the 25th. Um, or you can register for a postal vote by April the 18th um, so that you can vote from the comfort of your own home uh, and therefore won't need um, any ID. Um, more details, uh, please just scan the QR code in the top left-hand corner of your screen. That takes you to our website where the further links uh, to the Electoral Commission's um, information um, is there um, for you. Um, but thank you very much, um, listeners. Uh, please uh, please do uh, like, follow and share and um, help us make sure that we've got more candidates uh, taking part. Um, bit of a shame unfortunately that we um that we didn't have all of the all of the candidates for charles dickens but thank you to both cow and to yaya uh, for taking part thank you thank you thank you for listening to this episode of the pompey politics podcast if you want to make sure you get notifications about upcoming shows and get to know when we're live we normally broadcast live 6 27 p.m on a Sunday evening, then follow us on Facebook at Pompey Politics Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Pompey Politics One. Please, if you'd like to, feel free to leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts, and you can even ask Alexa to play the podcast for you. Alexa, play the latest episode of the Pompey Politics Podcast. Getting Pompey Politics Podcast from Amazon Music. Alexa, the latest episode. Stop. See, it's easy. <laughs>